Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. Tomorrow at church, we're going to start the story of Samson. We've just seen the brief series of some of the minor judges, but I wanted to give you a quick glimpse at what the New Testament has to say about some of the people we've already met in the book of Judges. Now, you might be surprised who gets named here. This comes from Hebrews chapter 11. The nickname for Hebrews chapter 11 is the Hall of Faith, as opposed to the Hall of Fame, because it names some of the so-called giants of the faith, like Abraham and Moses. And it, it operates on this working definition for faith that's provided up top at the beginning of Hebrews 11, being faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. And it lists these profoundly, uh, the, the, these profoundly underestimated, you know, biblical figures who lived their lives hoping for something, certain of something that they couldn't see. They, they, they didn't actually receive it in this lifetime. They exhibited the eternal utmost of what could be considered delayed gratification. It's not just delayed for a while. It's delayed on the other side of your death. Now that is faith and it's exhibited by the biblical figures who are named. After some of the more major players in scripture are named, and even Rahab is named, by the way, uh, here comes a shout out to some names that you're going to recognize. Hebrews eleven thirty two, And what more can I say? Time is too short for me to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel and the prophets who by faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the raging of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, gained strength and weakness, became mighty in battle and put foreign armies to flight. Wow. Man, it's cool to see what God thinks of these figures. In expositing the story, I've been a bit unkind at times, you know, because I want to be brutally forthright and honest with what the text says, right? I harped on Gideon for needing to be coddled and needing sign after sign after sign, All right? We see Barak, Deborah actually harped on Barak and said, you're not going to receive any honor because, you know, God's going to hand Sisera to a woman. Samson, oh, just wait. Like Samson's text will speak for itself. And then Jephthah, for crying out loud, the guy murdered his own daughter. But look at whose company they keep, named in the same sentence as David, who also was imperfect, and Samuel, who kind of acts as the apex between the era of the judges and beginning the, the, the books of prophecy, ushering in the monarchical years of Israel. But it's true, there was justice administered through these deeply imperfect people. Look at verse 35. Women received their dead raised to life again. Other people were tortured, not accepting release, so that they might gain a better resurrection. Wow! This is a sermon unto itself. Actually opting for torture. Being offered the chance to re be released and not accepting it so as to improve one's own eternal resurrection. Man, this is completely missing from American Christianity.
David Platt was right on with his book Radical. I think it came out in 2008. My wife and I read it as newlyweds. Man, it's I, I think it's a big part of you know uh, the way that we still do ministry to this day. Opting for torture, declining release from it, sticking with suffering that honors God so as to gain a better resurrection. Completely absent. Sometimes we, as Dr. David Platt wrote in his book, Radical, sometimes we conflate God's will with the American dream, and they're not the same thing. Others experienced mockings and scourgings, as well as bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. When we studied the book of Isaiah, we saw that, uh, you know, historical, we have, we have reason to believe this is how Isaiah died. They died by the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, afflicted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They represented God in their sufferings. You would look at them and say, wow, how pathetic is that? But the Lord had a totally different view of them. And the, these people who judged them, misjudged them rather, uh, were actually unworthy of the presence of those whom they insulted. They wandered in deserts and on mountains, hiding in caves and in holes in the ground. All of these, remember, that includes Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah. All of these were approved through their faith, but they did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us so that they would not be made perfect without us, that we would be able to receive resurrection alongside these. So all of those soaring, incredible words, the world was not worthy of them. They're approved by their faith. That includes our boy Gideon. That includes Barak. That includes Samson. Just wait. That includes Jephthah, for crying out loud. This is what God thinks of these men. There's something we've got to talk about. In American culture, we put people up on pedestals, raise them to the stratosphere so that they have no choice. They have no other next step but then to fall right in front of us. And then we shame them when they fall. The second string quarterback whose moves we've never seen before makes it to the highlight reel of ESPN. And then go figure, turns out he's human. A new political figure rises up and we haven't looked at his Twitter feed going back to the year 2008. And then when we find it, we go like this. And then we just put the backs of our boot heels onto the back of his head and then just grind his face into his past mistake. It's what we do. A celebrity says something that sounds promising and then it turns out, oh, wait a minute, they're depraved just like we are. And then bam, and then we just shame them for failing us somehow. We do this with musicians. You had 22 years to write your first album. Your second album was demanded by the record label. You had six months to write it, and it wasn't as good. Therefore, you suck now. You're canceled. Get away from us. We're not going to come to your concert anymore. Right. This is an American thing. Okay, We thrive on competition. It's default part of the nature of capitalism. It, it, it's, it's what we do. And then when we raise people up on pedestals, and they turn out to be just as sinful as we are, Oh, man, we put them through the meat grinder. Okay, that's what we do. But it's also something that Christians do. It's also something that Christians do. And this Hebrews 11 shout out to Jephthah, to Gideon, to Samson, to Barak, it's important for us. God forgive me if I've been unkind 
to the legacies of Jephthah, of Gideon. Lord, this is what you think of these men. This is a healthy reminder for us. So as the book of Judges encompasses and includes, and as our discussion guides draw our attention to the very important human details of these deeply imperfect men of God, it's important to keep in mind what God thinks of them, that our resurrection is shared with these men, that we have sin too. Let that encourage you that someone like Jephthah, who murdered his own daughter, would be included in Hebrews chapter 11, that David, who committed murder, would be included in Hebrews chapter 11, that Gideon, whose faith required multiple reaffirmations, would still be included in the hall of faith. Just wait till you see all the the things that the book of Judges records about Samson. But this is what God thinks of these people. So if you find that you've been influenced by the American idol lens and you look at your fellow believers this way, would you repent of that? And would you consider what God thinks of these people? Because every one of us has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It wasn't for their own merits. They were used by God so mightily. And it's not for your merits that you would be used mightily. Their sin did not disqualify them from being included in the revered hall of faith. And your mistakes don't put you off limits to be used of God either. Consider what God thinks of the deeply imperfect.